Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the We Missed You podcast. Just kidding. Oh, right. We, there was no episode last time. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, who are we? We are, collectively, the Let's Have a Real Conversation podcast. It's also weird looking up there. I guess I should just look straight. Uh, we are the Let's Have a Real Conversation podcast featuring Dashing Deep. And I am JD, aka He Who Pots. And so we have been having a lot of problems with tech. And I don't even know where to look because our whole setup is different. And so this might look a little different, this might look a little weird. Bear with us, please, because we are making changes to try to provide a better experience for you visually. Hopefully, audio is just as pristine as it usually is. And so, we've been having tech issues. That's why we were not here last pod. But uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming for you guys. So, stay tuned, stay patient, stay with us. And on that note, let's, uh, let's get this shit started. A lot of stuff to talk about. The lightning round. Right. So. <laughs> we should set like a 10 minute timer. I uh, know, right? <laughs> Use my hourglass. You know what I'm saying? You know, but. Where you want to start? That's what I'm trying to figure <laughs> You know like, what I'm saying? Where you want to go? Like, Where you oh want to go? Gosh, you want so me to pick? Much. Sure. The writing strike is over. Oh, that's a good one. Let's start there. Let's yes. start backwards. We always start with music. Put that in the back burner. Yes, the writer's strike has ended. The writer's strike is finally over. Yep. There's some really interesting things that have changed. Yeah. But it's important that we remember that there's still plenty of strike happening. Because SAG-AFTRA? Yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to say it wrong. Yeah. SAG-AFTRA is still striking. Who the hell is that? actors that's the actors and so the writers have reached an agreement with the rest of the entertainment industry and they got some of the things they wanted and so should we zip through those quickly or you want to just move on um if you have the bullet points i just think the two most important ones are they're getting paid better for streaming Mm -hmm. including bonuses based on performance in a certain time frame and even over time and the other thing I think is important is they feel they addressed and settled on a good place when it comes to AI. That was a big one. And that was a big one. Yeah. And so to me, those are the two biggest ones because those are the two that kind of really affected them the most. Right. Besides the regular stuff that needed to just be upgraded, right? Yeah. Like everybody needs more pay. Yeah. You want to make sure your health coverage is still there, whatever, you know, those things are kind of just normal contractual renewal things, but AI and streaming did not exist previously and they definitely were not the boom that they are today. Yeah. And so today everything is streaming today. More and more stuff is AI, uh, incorporated or collaborate, collaborative, collaborative with AI, collaborative with AI. Y'all know what I'm saying, man. Today, more shit is happening with AI and we see every day AI is becoming more and more part of everyday life, job replacement, job pairing, 
etc. And so yeah. they addressed AI and their concerns with AI. And so those are the two biggies. I'm very happy that that has happened. My hope is that this also happens with SAG-AFTRA slash the actors. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, I know you mentioned uh, an increase in pay. And it's important to note that that was like one of the things that they... um, that people talked about a lot because even during the strike, not being able to work, a lot of people were, you know, turning to other, um, to other ways, other ways to make money, um, and I think that really spoke to the fact that they weren't making enough money to begin with. Um, a, a lot of people talked about definitely living paycheck to paycheck, and you know, when you think about the disparity between what an actor might make on a project and what a writer is making on a project it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense it's it's a big uh, gap it's a huge gap um obviously they are not the talent that is weighted a little bit differently when it comes to how they get paid but um but they still need a fair wage right that's 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 the point that that they they still need a fair wage they still need a livable wage <laughs> i mean we're talking about people who write for TV and movies. So many of them are, if not most of them, are living in the Los Angeles area. Los Angeles is not cheap uh, to live. So um, I think it's important to note that uh, the deal over over the next three years, they will have, um, they will get a 12.5% increase in pay. Um, And it's gradual, uh, the first 5%, um, um, sorry, the first 5% um, is available to them um, as the deal has been ratified or is being ratified. It's, yeah, 2024. And then then in, in the future, I don't know why I can't talk. And then in, in the next two years, they will get two more increases. So big deal, um, very important. And also sad news. Speaking of the writer's strike, last episode we talked about Winning Time. Oh, yeah. And how, you know, that was one of the shows that I was saying people should watch um, to try to keep it alive. And unfortunately, in the last few weeks, we did find out that Winning Time was canceled. Winning Um, Time has been canceled and that directly correlates with the new contract in one way, which you said, which was... You said, and I got to keep giving you your props, you said, hey, it's probably more important to stream it now than ever before. And now, that is in the contract. A winning time didn't make the cut. They are scrapped after season two. But it is in writing now that based on streaming numbers, Mm -hmm. based on performance, the, the streaming companies... We'll be giving the numbers, and of course, NDAs were signed and all that, but they'll be giving the information to the writers and the union Mm -hmm. so they can know what they're supposed to be paid and how payment will be happening. So the more you watch your shows, the more you watch stuff you like, the more people will benefit financially now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just really important to point that out because... (laughs) It affected all of us. I mean, 
us in the sense that their you know programming is starting to become limited but it was a big deal it was it was that far reaching and it's not just the writers this this strike affected a lot of people it yeah. affected people who um clean it affected people who provide food services it, it any anybody who is on a set um yeah it affected the whole it, industry it, it affected the entire industry so this is this is really important that people are able to get back to work and boy did they get back to work cuz i don't know about you but when i go on social media now there are so many ads for movies and tv yeah. shows that are coming out which is great and it's exciting because we didn't have that for a long time and i guess you noticed that they weren't there right but i think now that there's an influx of them it's like wow okay there was a lot there were a lot of things that we were missing out on i also know that um some actors have been given given permission now that the writers are back some actors have been given permission to um, promote certain projects. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you might see them on like some of the daytime talk shows and things like that. They can promote certain things, I think. Not everything. Um, so yeah, better follow the rules and don't be like... <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Yes. I don't know why they don't like that lady, but... Next topic. <laughs> Ooh. That is none of our black trouble. business. You're right. Um, we got to stay away from the white chicks. So speak... <laughs> speaking of... Speaking of uh, new movies that are coming out, there is a Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro... You had me at Rod Robert De Niro, by the way. Flowers. Oh, excuse me. Killers. Oh, Not the name, but okay. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't even really know what it's about. I just know that I saw Robert De Niro and said, I think I'll go see that. <laughs> the trailer looks good. It does look good. It's about, you know... When the nation is rising with coal and gold... It's like, and maybe I'm wrong, I didn't read the, the book. It's a number one selling book. You know, that's how a lot of the movies are today. And so people are rushing to towns to get, you know, involved and get money. But Leonardo DiCaprio's character falls in love with a Native American. And beef ensues. And so... You know, that's the that's the thing. It seems when he arrives, he is a darling. He is adored by Robert De Niro, who's clearly some kind of important person in the town. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, he he would have to be right. And so he's the top <laughs> dog, and he's very happy when when he sees Leo in the trailer. He's like, "Oh man, Dash! I'm so glad you made it. You know, you're you've got such a great reputation." But then Leo's character goes and marries a Native American. So, are we still calling them Native Americans? I think they're indigenous people now. Because, you know, I be trying to be politically correct on this pod, but then, like, I don't be... It's hard not to offend people when you pod. I think they're indigenous people. Yeah, well, I mean, that's 
that's really the proper term because it means the people who were here first, right? And so mm-hmm. that's what happens. He marries an indigenous woman and beef ensues because they're trying to get rid of the indigenous people, of course. And uh, yeah, but that's not the real problem. I don't problem. even remember that being the trailer. I know that I saw the trailer and I remember going, oh my gosh, I want to see this. Yeah. But I can't even, it was so long ago. Well, anyway. speaking of long, the problem is they have made it clear to us that the running time, the length of this film, mm-hmm. is three and a half hours. Yes, folks, that is three plus one half hours. Three hours and 26 minutes. Three and a half hours. Which is four hours of your time because there's about 30 minutes of previews. First of all, you still got to get to the theater. Yeah. And travel back home. And maybe for some of you, that's close. Awesome. Spectacular. But even if it's close, yeah, Dash is absolutely correct. We're talking four hours in a theater. I mean, I figured that. Maybe they figured, you know. When you get up, your ass will remain in the chair. Right. But I also... It's... It should be called Children of... What is it? Of the Flower... Killers of the Flower Moon? Yeah. Killers. It's Killers of the Fat Asses. Oh my gosh. All right. We're going to all need BBLs after this movie. Like Drake. And then Drake will love us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's too long. I'm not going to the theaters to watch it. Martin Scorsese has lost his damn mind. If he thinks that I am going to sit my black ass in a theater for four hours. I most certainly will watch it at home, but I'm with you. I don't know that I want to go to the theater. It's way too long. Come on, four hours? Yeah. Most movies don't need to be three hours. Three and a half hours? Right. Fam. And did you see what he said? What? Oh, that there's already talks of a director's cut that's like seven hours long. Oh. What? Why? How long was Titanic? Do you remember? (sighs) Too long. Wasn't Titanic super long too? But like, was, that was unheard of when when Titanic that came out? was was close to three hours, but it was under three hours. Okay. Okay. Because, mm, but I, maybe I rem- I'm wrong. I don't exactly, you know. I remember. I just remember it being super you know, long, and it was like a kind of a big deal that it was so long because during that time it wasn't it came out in 1997 i'm like, about to say it was also the 90s nobody and nobody was, was making i mean you had to be like length. the godfather or some fly crazy long move like you had to be doing fly shit to be three hours it was three hours and 14 minutes you see and there and that's why it was too long yeah just for niggas to be never mind no do tell just for a man to be left, you know, dying on a piece oh. of, on a slab of, of wood. Yeah. What is that song that, um, that Celine song Dion. that went viral on TikTok? No. Oh. Uh, you can keep that nigga. That was what Rose said. <laughs> keep him. <laughs> okay. Just... I just never understood. <laughs> keep him. I got, you know, if that was your love of your life. If y'all was rocking out for forever, you save her and sacrifice yourself. Totally get that. But he met that bitch on the boat. He did meet her on the boat. Yesterday. Yep. Love at first sight. Nah, I'm walking by again. Fuck that. (laughs) So, so. (laughs) I'm dying for you. I met you yesterday. I mean, I 
Love at first sight. Kicked her right off the fucking slab. Love at first sight. I mean, love will make people Listen, James Cameron things. is the man. Martin Scorsese, you lost your mind. Um, I'll watch it at home in pieces, in segments. 15 minutes here, 20 minutes oh my there. Gosh, all right. Three hours? Yeah, and a half? But you're saying 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there. It depends on the movie. I sco- Martin Scorsese put out The Irishman. That was three hours. It didn't need to be. I had to take breaks. I was which like, is, what is this? Is, this is still going? There's nothing wrong. Pause. There's nothing wrong with taking a, a break. I just feel like if you could watch a movie that's an hour and a half, you could watch it in two sittings. It depends on how good the film is. I yes, so. you are correct. If the movie is good enough, I can watch it in three and a half hours straight. Just take little potty breaks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Go pay the water bill, come right back. Right. Go pop another microwave popcorn and come right back. But... Pop, 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 that pop, will pop, depend pop. on how good the movie is. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, there's some other movies that are, you know, out there, you know, doing doing the things in the theaters. Saw 10. 10? There were 10? There's been 10 of those? I didn't even know that. And then I knew another soul was coming and I already had the question I'm going to ask in a moment. But then I saw the X. And I was like, oh, Saw X. That's interesting. Wait, does that mean Saw 10? I don't even remember there being that many. There were definitely six. Mm -hmm. And then it was like Saw 3D, the final Saw. No, really, this is the last Saw. And then none came out for years and years. And then that movie with Chris Rock came out last year or two years ago, whatever, Jigsaw or something. But apparently there are 10 Saw movies, and I'm a fan of Saw, but why? Why do we need 10 of anything? I saw a clip from Saw. <laughs> you should preface and let people know that... I've never seen Saw before, and, and? I and I don't like scary movies. Now, it's not to say I will never watch a scary movie. I, you know, I make... I make allowances, you know... For people, if they like, oh, come watch this movie with me. Fine, whatever. Exceptions. That's what I meant to say. Oh, I was like, you be paying people to watch movies. Be Pay me to watch movies. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I give, I give grace to scary movies sometimes, just because some people like them, and and and, and sometimes you want to purge. Sure. So, so, so you know, I'm 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 open to it. I'm usually open to watching most things, but I saw a clip from Saw where they had this guy like attached to. As this, soon as you went like this, I already knew attached to this machine, and the machine was like doing things. And oh my gosh! Oh. The sound. The sound. And then one arm was gone. That's the thing. And then it's my other arm. Here's stop. 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 The thing that's crazy about this is that my my instinct always tells me, okay, well, look away. And you'll be fine. Like you just can look away for a couple of minutes. Nope, not with saw. With saw, it's also a very auditory experience. 
that. Because everything that you can't see, if you close your eyes, you can hear every moment of it. Yes. Which I think is genius. And, and, and yes. I've never, again, I've never seen one of these films. But I would imagine that it is a great experience if you do love that type of thing. Because of the fact that they take their time to, to make sure that the audio part of it is immer- immersive. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like squirming in my seat. And and then I'm like, well, I might as well watch. Cause might as well. You're hearing everything. Because you're hearing everything. Or and, every snap, crackle, and pop. And I feel like to hear to, is to see. Like at, at the point the, where you in, can in hear instance, it in yes. that much detail, you, you basically can imagine what's happening. You don't even need the visual to really understand what's going on because you can hear it. Yes. Saul... It heightens your senses. Yes. Saul was... I don't know about the last couple. I didn't watch them. But Saul was the equivalent of hardcore pornography for horror. There's even a term. I can't remember. It's like gore or something. But their whole thing is less scary, more just extremely crazy things. That's like... Oh, you like when someone's arm gets chopped off and you see the blood? Oh, okay, we got you. Crank it up to 10. And And then you're hearing all the blood spurt out of this person's body. Yeah. And so that's what the films are great at. They have mastered. Okay, we're going to keep inventing and showing you crazy, weird... uh, um, What's the word I want to use? Uh, contraptions. And so the crazy contraptions in crazy time constraints with little puzzles you got to figure out all combined. It's like, you want to save your life? Cool. But you got to do this crazy thing. Eh? And you got until the timer runs out. Nuts. Yeah. But I don't know. If, but why, why we need a 10? I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the other nine. I don't know. So. And, and you know what else? I don't know why we have... What? What? Expendables 4. Why? I don't know. Why (laughs) is it that there's a fourth Expendables? The whole idea was that they're garbage. You can get rid of them. They're not important. They are like the truck outside making all the noise. Just to be picked up, tossed, and kept moving. And they... They're still around. A bunch of them. In fact, now they've added more people. And I'm glad 50 Cent is making money on and off the screen. But, I mean, I just... I, why? I don't... I blame Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are to blame, aren't they? Because the, the, what is, they're on number 10, too. Or technically 11, right? Because... I know this because I know someone who <laughs> has been watching all of the movies. <laughs> More power to them. I was like, um, That's... don't ever judge me for watching all of Marvel within like several months time because you're watching all of the Fast and Furious films, but it's actually technically it's 11 because Hobbs and Shaw is a part of the franchise. Yes, they are. So, yeah. But okay. that's a that's a false equivalent though. I gotta be honest. What's up? Yes, it is. I There's think... like 8 million Marvel I knew, things. I knew, yeah, I was trying to move. I'm, I'm on your side, though. I was trying to move past it. I'm on your side. I was trying to move past F it. F the Fs. You know what I'm saying? Right, I don't... 
don't care about that. I just, I just feel like, in terms of, we all um, like what we like. It's a false, it's a false equivalent. However, in terms of, you know, people would be like, oh my gosh, you watched it, like you know, kind of that cult culture, right? Where Fast and Furious, it definitely has a cult following. Yes. Right. Marvel. Uh, while, you know, I could say that, like, Marvel is probably the everyman of, like, movies at this point, there's still a cult following, right? Because it comes from comic book culture. So that's what I mean when I compare them. I just think that they're niche, and you have your niche and I have mine is all I'm trying to say, you know? So there's a a There's a comedian I like. His Mm. name is... His name. He's a. <laughs> I don't so, know. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on now, hold on now. I don't know what his name is. I can is. see him, but I, I'm just not really good at names. Oh, okay. His name is Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan says people like to judge you when you go to McDonald's, mm-hmm. but everyone's got their own McDonald's. That's true. That's true. He says maybe you don't walk in and order a Big Mac, but if every week you're at the newsstand getting People magazine. That's your McDonald's. That's your McDonald's. That's fair. I did that. He even joked, if you care about what's happening with the royal family... That's your McDonald's. He said, that one's even worse. Because that's Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) That's his joke, not mine. That's his joke, not mine. That's what he said. But I see what he did. He said, the people over there care about the princes and royal family. Mm -hmm. You're even worse than us. Yeah. Because we've got McDonald's. (laughs) But that's not even our country. Right. That's Burger King. (laughs) That's his joke. Anyway, we can move on. So the VMAs happened. Let's just... (laughs) They did. I mean, it happened and people have discussed it and whatever. And we don't need to get too deep into it. I just wanted to make a couple key points. Um, The first one is that Nicki Minaj was the MC of the event. Next point. <laughs> that's what that. That's what that's you do. Bullet points, man. Oh, Come on, oh, work with me. You. Yeah, Chris, you see, you see what I be saying, Chris. You understand? Nicki Minaj was the MC. Um, there because there were no writers. What at else the would time. this be? All right. I just no. I just wanted like what All else? Right. I just, you said a couple points. I immediately pointed right at the camera. Went boop. I thought maybe you would have something to say about it. So I was trying to alley, you know what I'm saying? Put it right there by the rim. You just it. you just looked at the ball and let it go right out of bounds. Just so funny. Right. So Nikki Nikki was the MC. There were no there were technic She was the host. And she was the wasn't only the host because oh. there was a writer's strike. So they didn't call her the host, they called her the MC. She didn't have a script. She didn't have a script. She was just freestyling. Yeah. You believe that? Uh, No. Okay, thanks. That's all I wanted to know. That's why I had to turn into Scooby-Doo just now. I mean, Sweetie was reading from a teleprompter on the red carpet. I I hear that. I don't want to talk about that. I hear that. I know that's right. Oh, that's what she said. I know that's right. I know that's right. Um, <laughs> Nikki was the host. 
Nikki nah, I'm was sorry. the MC. Yo, whatever, man. She hosted Nikki this shit. Let's keep it real. They did a hip hop fifty. That's what I was about to say, right? She was the only she woman. She was the only woman we think that got negotiated in her deal. Had with, to be. Uh, Had to be in her because, deal because how she could end up being the only woman for hip hop fifty when there was hip hop women in the crowd, right? So, Even if you wanted to say, "Hey, fuck everybody who's under 30. yeah, there was still a bunch of thirty and under people. And then she made sure she performed, you know, her her music that points out that, you know, all you bitches is my son. Um, my yep. sons. So, you know, I mean, whatever. That's fine. Um, Diddy also won an award. He won the Global Icon Award. Say, yeah, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot. I didn't, didn't actually watch the VMAs. Okay. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I just wanted to call out that he won that award, um, and that Nikki was emceeing. And I know Nikki is getting ready, you know, to release music. I don't, I don't know exactly when, but I know two things. I know that one of the songs that she performed is from Pink Friday too. Okay. Um, and uh, she's been doing Queen Radio. Oh, she's back. Yeah. It's back rather. Well, at least she's done it at least once. I don't know if okay. I don't know I don't know cuz back could be you know. That's true. She could have been on 5 nights in a row or she, you know, she was on once and we haven't heard from her since then. I'm not really sure. Got it. But I do know that she did she So did she's pre- she's active is what you're saying. Yeah, she's gearing up. She's gearing up for her album to release. I don't know when that will be, but um I'm assuming it's going to be soon. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out about Nicki and Diddy. Um, you know, Diddy's album came out, so figured it was a good, a good, a good thing to uh, point out yep. that he won that award. Agreed. And um, on that note, Diddy's album came out. Yes, it did. The, the love, the lo- What is it called? It's called Love Off the Grid. Love Off the Grid. That's what it's called. I'm sorry. What's, what's it's going an R and B album. Oh, I thought something was going on over there. You know, you looked like you needed some dresses to caress. I looked that way because I just feel like you sounded very exacerbated by just. I just hearing. think right now I don't listen. I have no problem getting right to the shit. I think right now in music, people are selling hype, mm. and that's not new. Let's be clear. Right. People have been selling hype since hype existed, probably. Selling hype is not new. No. But I think right now there's so much hype being sold that we're forgetting about the expectations we're setting Uh for consumers. I remember when we were teenagers, every time an album came out, a rapper would say the same default shit. Mm -hmm. What was that? Yo, man, you know... I don't even want to really say this, but this might be the best project I've worked. This might be the best album I've ever put out. Mm-hmm. You know, they was lying to us like Apple every year. You know what I'm saying? Y'all seen the, y'all seen the real. All right. So, <laughs> you ain't see it? Neither here nor there. No, it is exactly what they did. That's why I compare it. Apple came out and was like, we're building the best iPhone we've ever built or some shit like that. 
the most beautiful phone we've ever built or some shit. Yeah, Whatever. They, they kept saying yeah, the same they, thing for 14 they, years. They That's say the that point. every year. But they also told us a lot. They revealed a long time ago that they don't give us everything at that, all at once. So. But they just I'm saying they're saying the same line and that's what rappers yeah. did. When we were teenagers, it didn't matter who it was, Ludacris, Jay Z, Nas, I mean the list goes on. Everybody would get on 106 in Park or what was the MTV joint? What you can Yo, see MTV out the raps. window? TRL. TRL. They would all say the same thing. Yo, you know, I'm not I don't even know if I should say this. But this might be my best album ever. This, this, I mean, I really put a lot into this one. Yeah. And that sets an expectation. Mm-hmm. And you notice people don't really say that anymore because they had to stop saying those lies. Right. It was just marketing. And I think today, marketing is what really is making people listen to music. And I don't think the artists, these huge artists like Diddy and Drake, who we're going to talk about in a bit, I don't think they really care about meeting these expectations that they're setting. Right. So I think the album is good. But what was the marketing for this album? For over a year, maybe over two years, I don't even know how long. Do you remember how long they were marketing this? It was a long time. For over a year, let's just say a year, I don't want to OD, but for at least a year, we were being told two things. Or rather, just two things have been marketed to us by Diddy. Yeah. Love, Puff, Sean, whatever we calling them today. Right. The first thing was R&B is dead. Yeah, he beat that horse, that horse to death. And there was a lot of controversy behind it. I think that was, excuse me, I think that was a great marketing technique. Because mm-hmm. everybody in the culture, whether you were an R&B artist or not, was buzzing about it. Yep. Nah, how could you say that when this person is out? Or, yo, but this person this and this person mm-hmm. that. Great marketing, no problem. The second thing was, same time frame, over a year, mm-hmm. was that my R&B album is going to bring back real R&B. Yes. Diddy basically said... This is dead and I will resurrect it. Yes. That's a high ass bar. Yes. And also, he never said this is a collaborative album. And so I was very confused because he also launched a brand new record label. Love Records. This is not Bad Boy. This is Love Records. Mm -hmm. And this would be the first, allegedly, the first project out on Love Records. We later learned it's not because his artist, Jossie, Mm -hmm. she has an EP or album out on Love Records. However, we come to find out when it finally got released, Mm -hmm. after much buzz, after much promotion, after much marketing, Mm -hmm. this is an R&B album. Yes. But it's not... Diddy's R&B album. Diddy's not singing. Which, I'll be honest, I'm glad he's not singing. Because I was a little concerned (laughs) that Diddy's album where he is singing is going to save R&B. I was like, man, Drake must have really inspired him. (laughs) You know, with the harmonizing, maybe Drake and Future are in the lab with him heavy. 
They got him working on the auto tunes. I don't know. I'm just saying you could do better. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you know. Maybe he was gonna come on and start singing. Tell me, have you heard that lady? You know what I'm saying? The real king of R&B, ladies and gentlemen, Dash. Give it up, y'all. I've been telling y'all. I've been telling y'all for since almost before, two years. Since before Diddy said R&B was dead. Exactly. I've anyway. been telling y'all for almost two years that I am the real king of R&B and. Put some respect on my name. Put some respect on it. That's all I'm saying. That's it. And so we come to find out this is a collab album. Right. This was basically, and you said this off pod. I'm going to just give you your props. I think you made a great comparison when you said, it's Diddy's DJ Khaled album. Yes. That was a great comparison. You said it off pod. I'm going to bring it to the pod. You can elaborate when you're ready, but I think you hit it right on the head. Holler. <laughs> and um, that's what it was. It's uh, it's a collaborative album. Which, which you know, I, I want to give, I want to give that, I want to give that talent some props, right? Because I think that. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. That's why I'm just, I'm just anticipating. Because I, you know. because I think that. Anticipating? No. I'm just I'm just listening. I think that it is a skill to be able to put together an album like that. That is not just one artist. That is it is not necessarily your voice. Um, I agree. I think that you know, for what it's worth, I know that I you know said that I don't always love DJ Khaled's albums, but I. But I think I said it in that same conversation that it is skillful what he does. Yes. And if you know DJ Khaled's history, I don't want to make this about him, but if you know his history, and I think this, it, we could have the same conversation about Diddy. Absolutely. If you know their history and you know their involvement in music over time, something like this makes sense. And something like this or their history is why they are skilled to do things like this. Everybody yes. can't put together no. a compilation album. Some people have tried to put together compilation albums as their first ever thing that they did musically. Which this, this is true. Which is I think ambitious and I don't think it's a bad thing. I just I just think that it's these, ballsy. It's ballsy. These are people who have been in the music industry in whatever way they've been in it. DJ Khaled obviously was a DJ first. Um, I didn't, I'm not from Florida. I'm not from the Miami area. So I didn't actually hear DJ Khaled on the radio, but I do, I have done my research on him. I mean, he's been around. Right. And I know. Big pun shouted him out on records. Right. And I know how important, you know, Picking music and and being able to have that ear and being able to say uh-huh. like he talks about, um, you know, telling the uh, the station director at the radio station he worked at like we gotta play this like this is important you know during a time when music was being hand selected for radio right. so I think it it takes. A big skill. Same thing with Diddy. I think it takes a huge skill. He has worked with tons of artists at this point. He has... 
And he has, he's very well-rounded in the sense that he has been involved with the music. Like you actually hear him on the music. Um, he's found people who, I mean, all projects weren't successful because we know that Usher would move on to go to someone else. But, but he has had his hand in all sides of the music process. So I think it's really exciting um, to hear when Diddy says that he has music for us because I think that he has a good ear for good music. He's got a great ear. Yeah. Um, So the compilation wasn't surprising to me um, because I I didn't want what you thought it was. I I was nervous. I, was, I I felt like okay, listen, I don't know Diddy to be a singer. I mean, we all heard Senorita. I mean, Mommy Benaki. I remember. I, I said I don't know if he's gonna be able to do a whole album of that, and I don't know if that's gonna bring back R and B, which ain't dead by the way. But oh, and R R and B never died. That's why I was nervous. Let's be clear. And so I was relieved like, when I when I realized. Oh, the, no, list, like, the list the list goes on. Like, like we could Tank's still around. Tank is very mean, much around. Tyrese and on. his weird ass is around. Like Mario but, dropped new music. I mean Sammy the list still goes be on. dropping music. I don't know if anybody listens to it, but he does. Um <laughs> I just was trying to give somebody love that don't normally get love. And and love records would appreciate that. Um you know, Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that uh, it was not 90 minutes of Diddy singing. I'm glad that this was 90 minutes of orchestrated R&B and executive producing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was hands-on in many ways. And uh, I'm glad it was not him singing. Now, loving you no more. I just can't keep, I just can't keep loving you no more. That's your jam? I mean, it was a cool song. I liked it. I dig it. Um, let's get to the album now. We've done all the prelude. Let's talk about the album. You start. What you think about the album? I thought it was a good album. I thought it was a good album. Um, 90 minutes. It was 90 minutes of music. I don't... I thought it was a good album. I thought it was solid. I, for me, love Jasmine Sullivan. Thought that song was great. Um, I should pull up the track list because I haven't listened to it in a while. Came out a few weeks ago now. Yes, it did. Um, Actually, it's been about a month. Yeah. I love me some Jasmine Sullivan. I love her. I love Coco Jones. I don't mean I love her, Jasmine Sullivan. I mean H-E-R. I love her. Um, I love Coco Jones. I love Mary J. Blige. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, I think it's safe to say we all like a lot of the people who were featured. Right. I just want to call out, you know, my standouts. Um, Um, Oh, but are you shouting out the people or the records? Both. Ah, got it. Both. I mean, here's the thing. Uh oh. <laughs> no, it's not bad. No, whenever you say here's the thing, some shit is coming. I don't know if it's good or bad, but something's coming. I think for me, I didn't have a problem with most of it. 
Um, I will say I don't really care for the song with the weekend. But other than that, um, I enjoyed the ride. Like, I don't know that it will be an album that I'll keep going back to. I think a couple of the songs I'll I'll listen to, but I don't know if as a full album um, I'll keep going back to it. I feel like people have been like really complimentary of it, and people have said, "Oh my gosh, there's no skips." Uh, you know, it's great, and I think that this is something that will age well. Um, I think over time, this could be something that I, if I listen to it again, maybe listen to it a couple more times, mm-hmm. I can see myself going back to it a lot more. I just, um, I don't know. I, I kind of just with this project, I just felt like I like what I like and, and I can take away some of the songs that I like and then the rest of it I can leave. Um, I don't think that he, <laughs> this is a reincarnation of R and B. No. Um, I'm very traditional when it comes to the type of R and B that I like. Um, I baby, baby, please. Eat, well, not just that, but begging and crooning. I love crooning. I love a little begging, you know. But I also love a lot of new stuff too. I don't want to. Obviously, I just said Jasmine Sullivan and her and Coco Jones, and those are people who are fairly new compared to the traditional stuff that I'm talking about. Absolutely. So it's not to say that I'm not interested. I'm very much interested in the R&B girlies today. Um, and boys, but, but I just, I don't know. Like for me is maybe it's just too long of an album and I, you know, feel more comfortable picking some songs out of it and sticking with those and you know, the rest of it, I, it's fine. Like I could take it, I could leave it. I just don't think it's a bad album, but I also don't think it's like the most phenomenal album I've heard. Um, cause I think that people are trying to make it sound like that and that's fine. Like if that's, if that's your takeaway, then that's great. I'm going to be real honest with you with music lately, like this year, last year, I don't even know when <laughs> I just, I'm underwhelmed. Okay. I don't really I don't remember the last time I heard something that really wowed me. That okay. really that I wanted to keep playing over and over and over again. Um and I feel like I'm more open to something new now and in the last few years than I've ever been before. Um so that's a little tough it's not to say good music isn't out there and good music and I haven't heard good music and I'm and I'm I'm saying that I like the Diddy album I'm not saying I disliked it I just feel like mm, music's been okay okay but a lot of it a lot of it has been fairly underwhelming I don't know if it's just, maybe it's just me or maybe, maybe it is the music. Like maybe it's just, 
I think times are different too. I just think that there's, I think that some, a, a, a lot of R&B had, I could understand his point in saying that R&B is dead. I don't think R&B is dead, but I, I do think some of it kind of lost its depth a little bit. Okay. Um, but as I, I disagree, I don't think that it's dead. I think that it's very much alive. I think that there are very much people out there who are making great R&B music. Um, I'm just, I think the last R&B album or the last person that made me want to keep the last two people, maybe that made me want to keep listening to what they put out was Jasmine Sullivan and Snow Allegra. Okay. I think outside of those two, and I love Ari Lennox. I lo- like we could make a list, right? But those their projects are the ones that I think that I've gone to, gone back to the most in the last few years when it comes to R and B. So I don't think that's saying a lot. I think they're great, and that is a lot. But I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't really think that's saying a lot. Because a lot of albums have come out in the last couple of years. I got you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> I think as far as the album, it is a solid album. I don't think there's really much that says, Ew, gross, turn this off. Right. Ooh, wow, why is this here? Mm-hmm. I don't think I get that feeling from a lot of the songs. I really don't get that from any of the songs. Mm-hmm. I know the weekend song that you mentioned... A lot of people are saying that's the one skip, if any. Um, obviously, those type of things go with preference. Yeah. I think, one, we have to give him props for being able to um, curate this album. Uh, it's a feat within itself. Yeah, of course. Number two, uh, yes, I agree. It's a lot of music. Today, he probably would have benefited from making it three albums instead of one. Yeah. 90 minutes, you could have had part one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and been 30, 30, 30. But he didn't choose that. So I also want to say props to him again for putting out an album that's 90 minutes mm-hmm. and doesn't suck. It doesn't. Because there's a lot of albums that people attempt to make that are long albums and they fall very short. This project does not fall short. Now, I do definitely agree. This is not the best shit since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. It's cool. But I reiterate, you set a really high bar with this yeah. quote-unquote resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so, no, I don't think that bar was met. And also, you didn't really say what it was. This was like a Jordan Peele movie. It was like, oh, this is horror. And then you went to the theaters, and it wasn't horror. It was just suspense. Right. Even if it was good, it still wasn't what it was pitched as, in my opinion. I like the album. Good album. Smooth album. It's amazing that Diddy still today not only has the ear, but is able to work with all of these different egos and stars and, and divas and all of the things. And is able to not only know... Who should go where, but actually being able to make it happen. Because we always hear that Diddy's not a nice guy and all these rumors. 
but clearly he's got enough relationships where every song has multiple features pretty much. And I think that clearly he still has enough relationships in good standing mm -hmm. to be able to make this happen. That again, we have to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, give him props for. Mm -hmm. um, my one thing that honestly, it was a lot of features. I have two critiques. One, I understand he wasn't singing, but this was a lot of fucking features. I don't think we needed this many. Some of those was like, did this person really need to be here? That's one. Two, all I could hear in my head as I got deeper and deeper into the album was Suge Knight's very famous speech. <laughs> Y'all know the one. If you don't want your producers all in your videos, I ain't got to finish it. But there were some amazing records that we did not need to hear Diddy saying shit in the beginning and the end of. Let's work. It just was like, shut up. Diddy dirty. Man. Let this beautiful music that you helped put together be beautiful music. We don't need as the beautiful voices are fading for you to be like, yeah, you know, that's the shit I've been trying to tell y'all. You know, as we get deeper and deeper in love. No, no, Diddy, just just let it play. I hear you. I hear you. And you I'm know, as as we, I'm trying to tell y'all what it's like when we off the grid. You know, this is why we need to be off. No, this is why you need to be off the record. I hear you. I hear you. Yes, in a perfect world, that's how it would work. He would not be so present. However, he's no different than any other producer who... Makes it known that he's there. I was just talking about DJ Khaled a few minutes ago. He does the exact same thing. So, I, I don't... While it might not be my favorite thing, I just kind of feel like it is what it is with that. He like makes it. his presence known. He reminds you that it's his shit. You know, and... I don't know. I kind of just ignore it at this point. It's hard. It's hard to ignore it when there's a great record. There, are, Listen, I'm, I'm not in love with every record. But the ones I am in love with, almost all of them, that's what's happening as I'm like, man, this was great. This was beautiful. Yeah, as we just get deeper and deeper in love. Fam, let this beautiful art speak for itself. Yeah. We are listening to your album. It says your name on every track. You, we know what you did. We don't need you to come and give us a fake storyline that really doesn't even tie together. Because yeah. I still don't know why this was called Off the Grid. Do you? No. Case in point. No, I don't. Solid album. Those are my only two critiques. Yes, I'm being nitpicky. Sue me. Well, speaking of R&B... My segues have been trash lately. Because we ain't pot in a minute. You know what I'm saying? When, when you go away for a while, you know, sometimes you gotta... It take a while to get the kinks out, you know? To, yeah. Your dribble be... Man, what's... I can't... My segues have been... I can't really... You know, you start... You're, you're, well, used to be a splash when you shine. Now it's just rim. Bong. Well, let's talk about my fave. My fave... Chris Brown? 
I know it's a joke. Oh, Tory Lanez. <laughs> I hope the dash cam caught that. That was too good. My fave. Trey Songz. Please stop. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Tell him about Usher. Usher will be headlining the 2024 Super Bowl halftime show. And? And two things. The first is on that same day, his new album will be released. I have it all saved in my Apple Music already, ready to go. When he drops either a new single or the album, I will have it downloaded and ready to go immediately, okay? Because he is my fave. Also, also, after the Super Bowl, tickets for his world tour will go on sale. Yep. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Just thrilled, ecstatic, just over the moon, just ready and waiting for all of it. I want to see Usher in his glory. I think Usher is perfect for the Super Bowl halftime show. I think he's going to give us a great show. Yes. Maybe he'll bring out some cool friends of his. No. Uh, what do you... I don't... Oh, I don't want have, him to bring out friends. Have they shown you the roster? No, I'm saying I don't want him oh, to bring out friends. Oh, you don't want him to? No, I think he will. I think... I think... I think... I think if Rihanna can do a medley by herself, I think Usher is more than capable of doing the same. Oh, let and, me be clear. And, let me be clear. Capability is not the question for me. Oh, you just think he's that's what he's going to do? Yeah. I don't think so, and I hope not. I would like to see Usher get all of the time, all 12 minutes or whatever it is. We don't need to see Usher or Diddy's and just whoever else. Just give, just rollerblade and sing and dance. Do all of that. Just don't yawn on stage, Usher, Sorry. okay? Historically... <laughs> People do bring out other artists. I know. It's it's actually more common for an, uh, um, the headliner to bring out other artists than it is for them not to. So, do you remember when there were multiple Michael Jacksons the one time? No. It was like Michael Jackson on a pillar. Wait, that's not Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson on a pillar. Vaguely. Wait, remember that's this. not Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson on a pillar. Wait, that's not Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson on a pillar. That gotta be Michael Jackson. Explosion. Boom. He's oh, on the Jumbotron. Yep. Yeah. Vaguely remember that, but not totally. Um, Michael Jackson would say, have you seen my childhood? Right. Never mind. So. I'm excited. That's all I gotta say about this. I'm happy for I'm Usher. I'm very excited. I'm very happy for Usher. It's well-deserved. It probably should have been happened. It's very exciting for everyone in the culture, even with the 700 confession ads. Uh, And I just hope Taylor Swift doesn't, you know, fuck it up. Moving right along. Yep. White chicks. Why? 
funny, but it is. Okay, so Nas and Hit Boy have released the final chapter. Album number six in two years. I say it again. Album number six in two years. That's a lot of mother flipping music. That's a lot of music. And we said that a couple months ago when he dropped, when they dropped mm -hmm. Magic 2. Yeah. I think, one, I am grateful as a hip hop fan, whether you're a Nas fan or not, mm -hmm. to be able to see this marriage, if you will, between old school and new school. Hit Boy is someone who we know has done a lot of production for the people who are, dare I say, B-level today. But actually, he did a lot of A-level production. He's produced for Beyonce. He's produced for Jay-Z and Kanye. Mega, mega, mega stars. But he's often been aligned with the new school of hip-hop. Mm -hmm. And where Nas is, Illmatic, early 90s, old school. You stay over there, all you do is kick knowledge. That's how a lot of people have labeled him. A lot of people have said, Nas' problem is he cannot garnish mainstream success. He's always going to be that guy who's great, but not up there with the top tier in the mainstream. This run has completely changed that. Nas' album is not only mainstream, it is successful, it is bouncy. We hear Nas doing all the new flows and the sounds and with the young kids as they say, we've heard it. Whether we liked it or not, it happened. And I think, one, we have to appreciate mm -hmm. this two-year run mm -hmm. and really, really think about what these two gentlemen were able to accomplish. They did great things. And I think, which I already said last time, but I'm going to double down on, we got to put some respect on Nas' name. A lot of times people want to talk about Jay-Z's run. Well, Nas, Nas had a run. And he's running again. And now he's running again. Yeah. And many of his peers... They're nowhere to be found. <laughs> I did not know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> because I heard the sound and then you started like... I'm so confused. You know what I'm saying? And that's but they're nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. Yeah. And so I just think mm -hmm. I one, I'm curious to see what Nas does next, even though he really don't gotta do shit else at this point. Mm -hmm. Two, I truly hope that Nas begins to get some of the credit that is well deserved and probably has not been acknowledged. And three, man, I'm really happy for Hit Boy because I know that this has put him on everyone's radar. Where before he kind of may have not been. Yeah. And so that's it. I think Nas has been killing shit. It's been great. And I am very happy that we got this. As a hip hop fan, I truly appreciate what we have received from this merger, this marriage, this huge collaborative effort. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we'll see them both go on to do great things. And I just hope that, I already said it, but I'm going to say it one last time. I hope people really start acknowledging the things that Nas has done and is doing mm -hmm. for hip-hop. Nas is great. Nas, Nas has been killing it. 
And yeah, I feel like, you know, it, he, it's, I don't think that anyone thinks otherwise, but I do think that his name sometimes gets lost when we're having certain conversations and he deserves better than that. We even said here on this podcast, we were like, you know, of all the episodes that we've titled after songs, right. we had never had one that was titled after a non-song because it just, he just wasn't coming up in our conversations as much. And, you know, I think, I think that's, that's absolutely true. Um, but yeah, he deserves, he deserves all his flowers because he's been killing it and he's a, he's a great rapper and, you know, he should be, he should be respected as such for sure. Yeah, and unlike the other moguls and hundred millionaires, he's still making great, relatable music. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, yeah, he's done a great job with this series that he's been doing. Both um, series. Both series. So, uh, you know, good for him. Shout out to Nas. Yes. Shout out to Nas. Yeah, and one more quick shout out. Outcast. Another speaker box. Yeah. Another, you know, another name. Mm-hmm. I know this is a group, but another name that doesn't, that often doesn't get the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. There was even conversations recently of groups that are way better than Outcast, And I was like, wow, the slander is just crazy right now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very happy to see. For those who don't know that Outcast, quote unquote last album, Speaker Box slash Love Below, which is a double disc. It's a lot of music. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of great music. And now it is the number one selling hip hop album of all time. 13 million records. 13 million. Not Eminem, not Drake. Not Jay-Z, not Biggie, not Tupac, not Wu-Tang. I don't want no beef. Outcast. I'm just saying. Yep. Let's give them let's give them the props they deserve. And look at look at Atlanta. Hey, listen. We're gonna talk about speeches. Outcast said, Andre 3000 said, yo, the South got something to say. Um, you said it all. They said it all. They said it all. That's it. 13 million times. 13 million. Take that. Take that. Take that. Take that. Take that. It always comes back to Diddy, huh? Not to. (laughs) But yeah, um, amazing feat. Yep. Especially, especially in 2023 when, um, we're not getting a, we're not getting hip hop number ones, right? So, I think this is I think this is a good way to you know um, go into fourth quarter because it's oh go ahead sorry it's great to have something to be excited about even though it's not something new and that's fine right um, but it's you know tried and true so, that's a fact and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I think that's amazing. Right. Good for them. And something that's not amazing. 
And really unfortunate is that Irish from 702 um, has passed away. Yeah, it happened while we were away. And so we didn't get to come up here and, you know, give her some love. And so we wanted to make sure that we did that when we were back. Really, really sad. She was young. Young and uh, uh, just really unfortunate that uh, she passed away. So, you know, I hope that her... uh, her family and friends are able to heal from this and it's just crazy like it's always crazy you know it's that weird you don't know the person but like you, you feel connected you feel connected through the music so yeah um yeah really um really unfortunate thing but just wanted to acknowledge that real quick absolutely yeah rest in peace to her rest condolences to her family yes. And speaking of family, we're going to transition into something we've never done here before. Your family. Yeah, my family. And so, if you know this podcast, you know we have a Drake consultant. Dash brother, Josh, is our Drake consultant. And so we're going to transition and do something we've never done before. It may look a little different. It may sound a little different. Just, you know, bear with us. We're doing different stuff to try to give y'all a better, more entertaining experience. And so we're going to discuss Drake's new album, For All the Dogs, with our Drake correspondent. Yep. Well. It's time. It has finally happened. Drake's album has finally been released. Yep. Oh, I beat you, Dion. I didn't believe it was coming out. Um, I thought he was going to wait until his birthday week, honestly. Which <laughs> That'd is, have been cheesy. Which is at the end of the month, but he is cheesy, so, you know. But we have, you know, our... Uh, Drake correspondent. Our Drake correspondent here in the flesh, sort of. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> oh, balloons? balloons? I didn't crazy. do that. I didn't do Me that either. <laughs> okay, all right, well... Where's the balloons that- come from? I don't know, but you know that was a that was a nice little fun intro with those balloons. Thank you. I, I feel really welcomed. Maybe I don't know. I think it's because you clapped. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe when I did this, no, I don't. That was weird. But that was so weird. I've never seen that before. Listen, I'll take. It's not flowers, but I'll take my balloons. You know, I'll take my balloons. Yeah, I'll take, take my balloons. balloons. Right. Yeah. Take your balloons. Yeah. So. So, yeah, Drake's album is out. Have we all heard it? Yes. I have heard it. I've heard, I listened to it um a few times since it's dropped. And, uh, Same. You know, I got I've, some thoughts. I've listened to it about 1.3 times. 1.3. So that means 1. one time okay. and then one more song. A couple songs. You heard the J. Cole song twice. That's what it was. I heard the J. Cole song twice. I heard the Bad okay. Bunny Oh, you, listen, you listen to that twice? Uh, yeah. Why'd you do that to yourself? I shouldn't have, but I did. That was a I'm bad idea. And when the Sexy Red song came on, I actually played it again because I was trying to decide how I felt about it. That's the song you need to replay. That's the song. Spoiler alert, I think that's probably the best song on the album. But Really? You know, I... Yeah, I think that's probably at, le- at least from a commercial perspective, I think that's the best song on the album. Okay, 
that I can see. Because they're really, and I guess, I guess let's start. Let's just jump into it. To okay. me, I want to start by giving Drake props. I'm going to hate myself for this later, but I got to be what Fox 5 used to say, uh, uh, fair and balanced. <laughs> 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 they never were. And that's my, that's my, uh, you know, my little thing. But, um, you know, I make fun of Drake a lot for being a pop artist and not a rapper. And uh, there's no pop songs on this album. So I got to give him props mm. for putting okay. together a non-pop album. Go Drake. I, I mean, I got to start with yeah. that because I always give him a hard time. I always come up here and say he's not a rapper. He's a pop star. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, he... He didn't do the pop star stuff, so you know there's no hotline bling. I mean, I, I, I guess like then I have to ask you like, do you think "Rich Baby Daddy's not a pop song? Because like, I mean, maybe not the title of it is a pop song, but I don't know. I'm, I kind of feel like it, it's it's like a mix between like dance, but then I feel like if it like pop, it's it's an umbrella term for just popular, and I feel Correct. like I, I honestly I feel like that should have been the lead single, not "Slime You Out." And I feel like that has a very, very, very big chance of going far. I think that could be, you yeah. know, the song that might put him over with, um, you know, beating Michael Jackson if he pushes it enough. Um, I mean, so I kind of look at that as a pop It's song. the only uh, song with mainstream appeal. So, yeah. I mean, would I call it pop? No. It's a club okay. record, sure, but I don't think yeah. it's pop. I think Hotline Bling is pop. What was the... Left foot stomp, right foot, whatever. Oh, uh, uh, Tootsie Slide. Yeah, those are yeah. those are the records. You know, those type of records are the ones that he clearly makes for the pop audience. Gotcha, gotcha. I see where you're going. I don't think there was any of those this time. I think this time it was something else, but it wasn't. I can pop. see that. Yeah. Rich Baby Daddy is not for me, but. What we're just asking. I get it. We're just asking, does it do you think it's pop? That's the first No, no, but now I'm giving my opinion of oh, okay. of the thing. And I did play I I do recall when I played it back, I kinda, mm -hmm. you know, did a little shimmy or something to it. So it's mm -hmm. definitely something that's gonna make people dance. Yeah. And have a good Absolutely. Time. It's something that can play in the club, it's something you can play in your car. So I understand the appeal of it. I just, you know, for me, I was just like, I don't know that I'd listen to this again. But let me, let me, let me tell you, what was it? Friday when this dropped. Uh huh. I I wake up in the morning, about to go to the gym. <laughs> I, I turn on Breakfast Club. I hear Charlemagne and Envy. Uh huh. And then I just hear this record, and I don't even know what it is yet. And I'm like, I haven't heard it before. It's probably from Drake's album. And uh -huh. I just, you know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the beat go off and everything. And then of course, like. Envy's doing it to, you know, play around with Charlemagne. And of course, like, I don't, I don't see it because it's on the radio, but I already know, like, Charlemagne's dancing to it. And I, and I was already thinking, like, all right, this is going to be, this is going to be the thing that they're going to push because just because of how, how much of a, how, you know, a good, a good bop to it. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's going to play it on the radio. Every, like, all the girls are playing it. My girlfriend didn't even know about it at first. And I started playing. She's like, yo, wait, Josh, what's that, what's that song? And I'm like, baby daddy, I got, I got you right now. So I think it's gonna go far. I really do. I agree with that. 
also it's sexy red so you know it's, it's gonna go far. i was like you know it's, it's, it's sexy red proud. you know you know so it's gonna it's gonna go far you know she's I, I think she's doing really well and i think that drake having her on the album um smart it, it's it's similar to what he was doing with um what was that song with the uh kiki do you love me and i think uh, that was with um that had a little bit of city girls on it so um in my feelings yeah so I I think he, he, Drake knows what he's doing when he gets the girls. Like he does. He gets some on his song and just make a just make a song uh, a club song for all the women and you got it. He does. he does. But he doesn't know what to do with SZA features. I didn't mind this as a feature on Rich Baby Daddy though. Slime you out. I I like slime you out, but. I don't think that was a really good pairing with both of them. I like SZA on Rich Baby Daddy, but I also feel like Rich Baby Daddy doesn't need to be a Drake song. Like, I feel like that could be anybody else's. I feel like that could just be Sexy Red and SZA, and it was fine. Right. So I didn't really feel like the combination of Drake and SZA was good, you know, if you mean it like that. Um, but like, I think, uh, I, think on, I think on Rich Baby Daddy, SZA didn't really add anything. I mean, it okay. was cool that she was there, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The record was already the record. Now right, I think right. on I think on what is it? Slime, slime you out. Yeah, I slime think you on out. slime you out. She makes the record. I agree. I agree. Now, with that. I think if you take sizzle of slime you out, there it's a skip. I mean, right. for me, it's a skip as soon as her verse ends. But I mean, I mean, I do like like I usually want to rush to the sizzle feature on that song, and it's not that I hate Drake's verse on it, but. Yeah, I usually, I prefer just going straight to his verse. And it's not even that long. No, her verse is not that long. Yeah. All right, let's take a step back. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Come well, on. I was going to ask you a question. I was going to say, is there a song, is there a standout on the album? Uh, I, I, Baby Daddy is one of them, for okay. sure. I think yeah. it's, to me, it stands out the most because it's the only mainstream record. Uh, one can argue... The not Daddy Yankee. What's his name? Oh, Bad Bunny. <laughs> Bad Bunny. New Daddy Yankee. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Bad Bunny. One can argue that's a mainstream song, but it's really not. First of all, I don't ever want to hear Drake rap in Spanish. I I, I didn't want to say it. You know. Uh, I mean, look. I I know some people who like who like Bad Bunny. I'm not against Bad Bunny. It's just not for me. Well, it's Bad Bunny is the number one streamed artist in the world, period. Right. So, so this is like... It's a smart feature, but it's yeah. also like a waste of a feature. I would rather listen to Bad Bunny by himself than listen to Bad Bunny with Drake. But it's just not... A, it was like... It was like... Drake did whatever he did in the beginning. Then he actually did something to mm-hmm. the real beat. Then Bad mm-hmm. Bunny did something and it ends. It's not even a full... Like, you would think if somebody... If Josh is putting together an album, and Josh says, hey, I got a Bad Bunny feature. You would think, oh, this is the big record. Right. This is the record we're no. pushing. This is the one that we're going to try to break the streaming numbers with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that would make sense. I, I just I didn't care for it. I heard it. I said, what, what is this? And then I had to put two and two together. Like, oh, this must be the Bad Bunny song. So I stayed and I listened. Yeah. And then I was like, mm, no. No, because again, what what Bad Bunny did was nothing different from what he normally does. So I feel like if you're looking for Bad Bunny, you could just go directly to him. 
you don't need to find him through Drake. And then I don't know right. what Drake was saying, and I didn't care. I, I wasn't into it. I, I don't. I know he's trying things. Like I know he's experimenting. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's done that before. Maybe he has. No, he has. Yes, there, there was a there was a song with some guy who was big at the time, uh, uh, Romeo Santos. That was a that was a big big thing. Watch your mouth, Josh. They will cancel you. You cannot oh, say I... that guy is big at that time. Oh, is he so big? Listen, his... listen. Oh, I'm just trying right. to help you out, brother. I don't want them to cancel you. I mean, yeah, no, no, I don't. Santos I don't want to be canceled. Is the bad bunny of his world? Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I I accept it. I don't. Ha- I'm not gonna deny it. I don't know anything about the about that world. I have a couple friends who like Bad Bunny. I'm gonna go to them and see if they even like this song. I don't know. Like this this song for me is just like, okay, I see why you did it. Um, cool. Not for me. Like I don't even know if it's good or not. Like I have to go to somebody else who listens to Bad Bunny to really tell me like. If this is this what they were waiting for? Were they waiting for a Drake and Bad Bunny to link up and make something like this? To me, I don't really know. I, I don't listen to enough Bad Bunny. There's one Bad Bunny song that I really like, and that's it. And I heard it on vacation, and I don't know if people mm. think it's good. I think I said that to you one day. I was like, I don't know if it's a good Bad Bunny song. I just know that I like it. So I am also mm. not the person who would be able to say this is good or this is not i just knew that i didn't really care for that from drake um that's not that's not why i showed up to the party so makes sense but wait you didn't answer your own question was there a standout i mean Um, i don't think any of us answered it actually um, we just immediately went to what should be the standout i'm gonna be honest with you the only thing for me that was super memorable was the Sexy Red song. Um, I do, I mean, <laughs> standout, I guess, is meant to be a, a positive thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say that the other two things that I remember specifically are the um, the interlude. I forget what it's called right now. but the interlude. Oh, BBL Love? <laughs> is that what it's called? The one with um, If I Rule the World? Oh no no no! That one's a uh, uh, screw the world. It's a chapter screwed for um, you know, I run the world. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not really a chopped and screwed like, I'm not really a chopped and screwed girly. And I know there's a section mm-hmm. of, of of there's a region of the country that is really into that. So maybe mm-hmm. that's great for them. I didn't, I you know, I wasn't really into it, and I kind of felt like it was a waste of that beat. Um. And then the other thing that stuck out to me was the final song. I was listening to it and I was doing other mm. things and I honestly did not know that this was the last song. But all I know is that I looked up at one point and was like, okay, he's whining. And I just <laughs> and I just was ready to turn it off, not realizing that it was the last song on the album. Mm. Um, okay. I don't want to say that I didn't like the album. Because I feel mm-hmm. like that's the direction I'm going in um, mm-hmm. <laughs> with all my tapes. Well, be careful because he might respond to you. I'm not trying to say I didn't like the album. I yeah. thought it was okay. He might tell you you uh, you take first class flights, flights on occasion. Yeah. You, know, you can't, that, no, can't no, be doing special that. Special occasion. And he's absolutely Special right. occasion, yes. <laughs> he's absolutely right. I'm not on private jets. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm definitely not. You're not on the PJ? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not my life at all. At all. He can say whatever he wants about me because honestly, it's probably true. 
was an okay album. But those were the things that stuck out to me. There was one song that I can't remember that I do think I liked. I just can't remember it right now, which is, honestly, I feel like this is the first time I've listened to a Drake album, or maybe not, maybe not the first time. Maybe that's a little too aggressive. But mm-hmm. I feel like there was a time where I used to remember the songs that I heard from a Drake album. I feel like I could call it out, even though it was new. I feel like I could call it out and say, oh my gosh, did you hear Keep the Family mm-hmm. Close? Did you hear 5 a.m. and wherever? Because there's so many of them, I can't remember all the names. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't New York, really. I didn't really feel that way with this. I kind of felt like it was like a standard Drake album. Like it was okay. Uh, I, I feel you. Um, well, hold on. Okay. What were the standouts for you? Um, so I have takeaways, which that's a much longer list. I really, I only have like 10 songs that I think I'm taking away from this album. So that's less than half of the album because it's about 23 uh, tracks on, on it. Um, but the standout, I'm going to give it to two. That's Rich Baby Daddy and um, First Person Shooter with Cole. That's an absolute standout. Absolute. And Cole murdered Drake on this album. Like that was that's what Eminem did to Hove on a on Renegade. Like it, it's it's not even it's not even a contest. I think that particular song, I think it's probably well. I mean, I guess if you're gonna compare it to being like the most rapidly rap song, it's probably gonna be between First Person Shooter and 8 A.M. and Charlotte. Um, but I still prefer first person shooter over that one, over the the timestamp record. And that's mainly because Cole did his thing. I think Drake heard it after he got the verse back and he's like, yo, let me go back and put this last verse on, on the end. And it still wasn't that good. I mean, I get you, you talking about you about you one song away from beating Michael. Cool, but I just wasn't feeling the third verse. I think his first verse was a lot better. But again, like Cole did his thing. Um, I wish that Drake and Kendrick weren't really having whatever tiff because Cole's talking about it's the big three. They're talking about the big three, K-Dot, Cole, and Aubrey. Like, it should be that. It would have been a moment in hip-hop to have Kendrick on yeah. that same track. Yeah. It would have been a huge moment. That- like, that's something from, from like, I grew up with them because, what was it, um... When I was in when I was in college, I think that's when they all started coming up. So like, if I could have had that moment with all three of them, because I don't think they ever did that before, no. that would have been a nice, nice moment. But whatever, whatever it is between Drake and Kendrick, they're doing like these weird little shots back and forth. So it is what it is. Um, but those are my two standouts: is first person shooter and um, rich baby daddy. Okay, for me, it's just the Cole record. Okay, and I'm gonna call it what it is. A cold record because yeah. I don't know if you ever heard American Dreamin', which is Jeezy featuring Cole and Kendrick. Mm-hmm. But this was like part two of that record lyrically, and I'll mm-hmm. elaborate. Okay. On American Dreamin', Jeezy starts the record and there's a hook. Mm-hmm. And then Cole comes and does what Cole does, some long ass holy shit verse mm-hmm. and then the hook comes and then well now you're excited because well it's time for kendrick to rap right mm-hmm. no kendrick doesn't rap he sings like a bridge and then the record mm-hmm. ends 
And okay. that's what this was. Drake didn't show up on his song. It's Cole's song. Drake did yeah. like a hook. And they say they were together in the studio. So yeah, I heard that, that. they mentioned that more than once on the song. They say they were together recording this song, making this song, making history, blah, blah, blah. They were besties making music together. Right. You know, he said, me and Drake are the Spider-Man meme. Yeah. Yeah, that. And that's the thing. Uh, it would have been cool if Drake came out and actually, you know, gave something, something really nice. Yeah, but I feel like in that moment, at least, it wasn't deserved. And that's my problem with the record. I wish this record didn't exist because mm. we keep hearing the big three. Everyone keeps mm. saying it in podcasting, on TV. They all keep saying it in their rhymes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Wale and Meek are included. Sometimes they're not. But it's usually these three guys. And everyone mm -hmm. says, hey, I'm number one. And every time we have two of them together, for some reason, one guy just doesn't want to show up anymore. And so if Cole is number one, that's perfectly fine with me. But then we don't need this record. I'm going I'm to disagree on that. I, I think this record is still, I think, I think this record is, I don't know if I would say it's needed, but it felt good because I think what the last record they did together was um, in the morning. I mean, that was a long time ago. No, was, there's uh, another one. It's on. Oh, it's that, on a dark lane demo. All the stuff that was in the stash. All yeah. Dark lane demo tapes. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There was that one. And that, that one was cool, but that was also like, that that entire project was just throwaways. It was Lucy's. Like I actually had a lot of those songs, like yeah. in the tuck. It was yeah. it was just a lot of leaked songs that he just put out. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, we can, we can count that. But I mean, I really enjoyed this one again, mostly because of Cole. I think that it was still good to just put something else, put something else on wax. You know, um, it's it is just to me. I I think that it was a real missed opportunity to have Kendrick like. It, like didn't didn't Ross do the same thing? I think it was Ross, Hove, and somebody else. I, I think it was Three Kings. I think that was the name Dr. of the track. Yeah, and Dr. Dre. So like, I mean, I, I feel like this should have been another Three Kings. I feel like this should have been hell. They could have called this the Big Three, and that would have been fly. Yeah, Kendrick but, and Cole don't know. fuck with each. I mean, excuse me, Kendrick and Drake don't fuck with each other. Yeah, no, they don't. No, they don't. It's it's just again like that. That's just in my world of man. This would be super nice if they could do it. I'm sure Cole has tried to you know facilitate some talk somewhere, um, but you know I don't even think Drake acknowledged Kendrick in in that same song. Like you know Cole said what he was saying. Also, just didn't say much on the record. Period. Until he true. changed the beat and and the topic. Yeah, that is true. And I think, and I think that was to like get bet. I think that was just him trying to make up for what Cole did. He was like, "Oh shit!" Like Cole's coming with something hot, and then he still did it. So yeah, he's like, "Hey, forty, what else you got back there?" Because uh, yeah. now that Cole left, you got something else. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. For me, that was the only standout. Uh, I say all the time, I'm oh god. I was just gonna say, you know, it's always nice to hear J Cole. It just, you know. I mean, listen. He, yeah. It was the same as the verse on, what is it, Yachty's record? 
Yeah, Yachty, mean, yeah, he uh, he had he had a um a verse on Yachty's record. Cole has been killing shit. Like every time, yeah. Cole steps on a on a track, he's just been killing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Jermaine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. especially that Rolling Loud uh, in the rain. Did, in the rain, <laughs> it was great. It was just great. It was phenomenal. Oh. Yeah. I could watch that any day of the week. Just I haven't seen it. Oh, you gotta uh, watch. you gotta look that up. You gotta watch. Look up J. Cole rolling loud. I think it was two years ago. He performed in the rain, just yeah. as he started. As soon down. as he started performing, you just see rain coming down, and he's doing like a thirty-minute set, forty-minute set. It was great. It just oh, gets shit. heavier as he's performing. It was great. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm never mad at him for you know body and beats. Yeah, I'm never mad at him for putting down a verse. And- Me either. I just feel like Cole's record shouldn't be the best song on your album. Like, well, you know, when you have, you know, yeah. talented friends. Sure, but I feel like if I if I have an album coming out and I'm like, hey, Josh, come come bless this record, and I barely say anything on the record, it's Josh record. And that's the yeah. best on my album. Yeah, like let's meet, let's meet each other with the same energy, that yeah. sort of thing. Like if you're gonna be if you're gonna be at your highest point, then I should be mm-hmm. there too. Like we should be able to meet each other at that same place. Yeah, like what like, happens like, to Steve like, Sharp and Steel? Like God did. Like God did. Oh God that did, yeah. A good example of that yes. where like everybody yeah. showed up. Everybody, yeah. like you could tell that they were kind of throwing around, like we don't know whose verse went first, but we could tell that whoever whoever went first, everybody followed suit. Like that right, was right, that was very obvious there. So, or it could have just been a situation where it was like, oh wait, so Jay's gonna Hope be is gonna be on it, or yeah. Wayne is gonna be on this. Like, yeah. So, I mean, and I think the other thing is we don't get this Drake often. The Drake we expected when we saw Cole and Drake and pressed play. Whether you went directly to the record or it came on through the album, once you knew, hey, wait a minute, my ears hear J. Cole. Because this is what you hear as soon as the song comes on. Mm -hmm. And so once you hear, oh, shit, J. Cole. Wait, this is Drake's album. Oh, this is about to be the flyest, lyrical, bar you to death, maybe even some Jada and Styles P back and forth shit ever. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And it's like, wait, what? Why not? And then... Yeah, what was the last time that Drake has really done that? Well, that leads like, me to my next point, which is... And then yeah. you say, okay, maybe he was saving it for the timestamp. Maybe he was saving it for 8 a.m. In Charlotte. Mm. But he didn't. Because 8 a.m. in Charlotte is by far the weakest timestamp song of them all. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not, it shouldn't even have a timestamp. <laughs> no, I'm not. Listen, it, the beat is amazing. It's a great fucking beat. Probably one of the better beats from the timestamp songs because the timestamp songs are infamous for being a very simple beat to highlight and focus on Drake's lyrical and flow performance. Mm-hmm. This was the opposite. This was a great fucking beat and Drake just like, yeah, you know, when I went to Miami, you know, you ruined it. You threw the luggage around the room. When we were in Houston, you threw a fit. Nigga, what are you doing? Yeah. Nah, it wasn't... It wasn't. It, it's definitely one of the weakest because I, usually... I know, but, like, 
which one even comes close? Because let me put my coffee down. They're all fire. So if, if it's like which yeah. one even comes like, how do you I don't, measure? I, I, don't, I don't know like, because this because is you're automatically right. at the bottom. No, you're right because usually, I mean, with, with timestamp songs, you're usually thinking, "Damn!" Like, like when when you hear it, you're like, "Yo, I gotta hear this again. I gotta hear this again. I gotta hear this Come again." On. And you're usually putting it like at the top. This is more like it's not that I don't think it's horrible. Like, I don't think it's a horrible song or horrible like freestyle that he's doing on it. But it's definitely something where I'm like, eh. Like, I kind of would want to hear somebody else on this beat. Like, I want to hear the beat. Like, I think the beat is really good. Like you yeah. said. Um, but I kind of want to hear something different. I didn't really hear anything good. It was um, just, it, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong. To me, it was just the same as every other track on the album. No, nah, I'm not going to say that. Nothing. That nothing I'm not going to say. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. That, that I'm not going to say. I mean, like, if you, if you mean that as it's not as memorable, like, it's not a memorable track, then maybe. But, like, if you're no, going to no, say, I like, mean, it, subject matter. Uh, oh yeah 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 the, the whole I mean the whole album is I mean it's just Drake talking I mean he's talking like hot shit which I mean I guess you could say he's always done like he's talking hot shit he's talking about you know him of women um you know all of his escapades and you know whatnot then yeah that's that's what he's doing but uh, I mean Drake is Drake is not that kid you know imitating like if he's from Houston when he really isn't. And like he's not, it's not from the thank me later era. He's not hungry like that. He's just talking about flying women out, you know, talking about his love of BBLs. Like that's just, that's just what it is. It's like he's. And honestly, I've accepted it. I've accepted it. Like I'm not, I'm not out here getting upset about it. Like, you know, some people have been getting upset about it. I just kind of feel like it is what it is. Like, I, I don't, I don't expect a lot of this shit from Drake. Like I would want like, like greatness out of him, but he's kind of already showed me that he's not really, you know, he's, he, he doesn't really give a shit. Like he's just, he's coasting. Well, that's why I feel like I've outgrown Drake. I think that mm -hmm. I've grown, but he hasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. You know, right. that's, it is what it is. Um, I think I said when the last album dropped, I'm, I think I said on the podcast that I just feel like I'm, him and I are not on the same page anymore. And that's mm. okay. And I can appreciate music, music like that. I don't necessarily like to say that I only, I'm not <laughs> to, you know, call Joe Budden's name. I'm not trying to say mm. that I think that um, I can't find interest or that can't resonate with me. I just feel like right. with Drake, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not moved by any of it anymore. It's kind of just like, oh, right. it happened. Oh, he made this. Okay, I'll listen, you know, and I'll talk about it. But I really don't, I really don't care. I don't think it's, Again, I don't think it's that I can't find interest in it. There's plenty of things. There's plenty of artists out there who make music that they're saying something completely different from what I understand or I am used to, and I'm still able to appreciate it. I just mm -hmm. feel like something about, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's like, 
Like even the reference that we, I mean, that people think is about Rihanna. I mean, it's pretty clear it's about I, Rihanna. I mean, but no one has said it. Like Drake has not said that it was about Rihanna. So we, we've made an assumption that it is, and I think it's a yeah strong assumption, right? But it's mm-hmm. like it's like okay, like I like. Hungry Drake. I liked the Drake that was actually like really trying to work for it, and you know. And we're never gonna get that. I mean, I, not, I don't know if it's even really confirmed, but I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a billionaire at this point. Like he's just he's he's just talking about he like he is talking about what he's going through. But the thing that he's going through is something that a lot of us can't compare to or relate to. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like he's a bachelor. That's it. That's really all he's talking about. Right, and it's like his his sense of reality is very different from the average person at this point, and so I don't really right. know what I'm supposed to get out of his music anymore. Watch it, like I, honestly, it's I'm getting the from this album, I'm getting the same amount of value I was getting out of her loss, which I really like her loss, <laughs> um, uh, especially you know I th- I think part of the thing that drove my interest with her loss too was you know twenty one. Um, but even with this album, oh, and I actually technically Yachty because Yachty really inspired her loss. And you can also tell some of the songs off of this that was from Yachty. I think Yachty has five, um, five credits on the album. And, um, yeah. I mean, like, which, the, uh, what was one of the, what would Pluto do? That's, um, which weird, there's no future feature on that. But what would Pluto do? That's basically jumbo shit popping version two, and that was on her loss, and that was something that I think Yachty wrote or like he had a lot of um a lot of his hands in. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of like, like it's a lot of new shit again, like what like with Joe hanging with the kids and whatnot. Like it's a lot of the new like fun stuff where he's just shit popping. He's talk, he's you know he's talking hot shit, mm-hmm. and that's just something where for me, I take and I like some of it. Mm-hmm. Am, again, am I looking for this immaculate body of work or am I looking for 444? Because honestly, I really think a lot of people are looking for Drake to do a 444. And I think that she's dumb. And I think that's not really fair. I don't think that just because Hove came out with 444, you need to expect a 444 from everybody. Like, that's just and not that not album is overrated. That's another conversation for another day. We could have that though. But like, yeah, it's, it, I think for this album, I just, I, I get, like, I have 10 favorite tracks that I'm taking away from this album. And I really do like them. And I can tell you right now, out of the 10, I'm not looking at all of them as like this big, big thing. The only, the only two technically is 8am in Charlotte. And that's like, eh, and first person shooter. Everything else is just fun. It, like, that's all I'm getting from it. And I, and I think that's okay. I think that people, I think that part of the reason why people are even, you know, getting on Drake for this is because people do hold Drake to a certain standard because we have seen what Drake can do. And I get you. It's just that I've kind of just let, let it go already. Like, I'm not expecting that anymore. It's easier that way. Well, oh, God. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's like, I don't know. I was trying to think of an artist that I just, you know, don't really... Like what they're talking about doesn't mean anything to me, but future. Let's use let's use <laughs> let's use a white woman. Oh, okay. Cause I feel <laughs> Cause I feel like for me that's like very shocking. Like people hear like 
Wait, T Swift? Are we going to T Swift? I, I was gonna say. Oh, okay, Swifty. Anything new that, that Taylor Swift <laughs> has done? But you know, at some point in life, maybe mm-hmm. about a decade ago, I was very mm-hmm. much like a, a a pop girly. I didn't listen to all. I I I I've never listened to a Taylor Swift album. I have right. never listened to a full Lady Gaga album or whatever. Right. But I knew all of their singles. I used mm-hmm. to make playlists with just the white girls <laughs> and I would listen to their stuff. I don't really do that now. Um right. even though even though I will be going to see the Taylor Swift movie, the concert movie. Really? I have oh. to say Gabby. No one else wants Okay. <laughs> so I, I hope I hope you then like to balance it out, you took it to the Beyonce movie yeah, documentary okay all right cool you know just just a little bit of balance you know right i'm going to taylor swift more because because of gab not because of me but because i've okay. never i've never listened to the new album so i don't i don't know what value i'm getting right out. but right. i bring them up to and i bring her up to say i don't identify with taylor swift in any way mm-hmm. like there's mm-hmm. me and her are not the same like we don't have we don't have anything in common as far as I know, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, bops. If it's a bop, then fine. Why not? Right. I can have fun and I can appreciate the fun, the, the spirit of the record and, right. you right. know, move on with life. But, right. so I feel like that's a good example just because it is that far-fetched for me to care about what any of those girls are doing but Mm -hmm. that's one of the i would say she's one of the ones where it's like okay well if i hear so i'm not gonna turn it off it's not gonna bother me like you know i might even dance i might even give a little you know give a little shimmy or something i also figured out while we were sitting here talking why there were balloons it's because i mentioned drake's birthday nope it was it was birthday it was definitely birthday Happy birthday. No, nothing. Okay. I don't know. But it was that because that's what the I mean, I, I, I believe you, you know, tech likes to make people look like liars. It's okay. Yeah. Maybe sure maybe look like a liar, but that was why. <laughs> that was why I, I realized it as we were sitting here that it's, that's exactly why the balloons happened. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of other artists that I could think of, but that's the one that stands out. It's like, I don't, I don't. I don't, we don't like the same type of men. We're not the same age. Like there's a whole mm-hmm. long list of like right. different things that I could say, but I can appreciate the music. So I understand the appeal of Drake. I also think that you made um, a point that stood out to me before where you said, you know, you grew up with them, right? Like him mm-hmm. and Kendrick and whatever. So I think, I think we find ourselves in those um in those moments where we're like okay this is an artist that i kind of grew with to a certain point and i know what they can do versus mm-hmm. what they're doing now and so you're still able to appreciate them yeah i just yeah i've kind of just thrown my hands up when it comes to drake honestly and i'm just Same. like I, I just don't i think maybe maybe you know it's, it, he's just not it for me anymore he's just not the same he's not he's not the same guy and i also think that it's okay yeah 
I don't think it's okay because he and his best buddy J. Cole keep on saying that he's number one in rap. You cannot be number one in rap phoning it in for however many years. And that's my beef. He has made mediocrity okay. He has made it very clear for quite some time that he mm -hmm. has zero interest in putting his best efforts forward. And yeah. a Drake fan just said that to us. And that is the problem. No one else in hip hop history who says I'm number one and who says people need to recognize me as the GOAT has ever done that and been able to get away with it. Not Biggie, not Pac, not Nas, not Jay. Nah, they put out mediocre stuff. That's not they, true. But, and they were called out for it when they were saying, yeah. but, but that's what I'm saying. Drake continues to say I'm number one while putting out mediocre shit. The other people, when they start putting out mediocre shit and they mm -hmm. were called out on it, it was like, Oh, niggas is calling me out. I'm gonna have to get my I'm gonna have to get my shit together. Let me get my shit together. But five albums later, do you think Drake doesn't realize that he's mediocre? That is my point. Drake does realize he's mediocre. You think he realizes? Drake is purposely mediocre. And you think he's Drake doing is, this on purpose? Yes, because we have heard from comeback season to overly dedicated to all of these other things from when Drake first came out. That Drake is a capable lyricist, a person who can switch flows on demand, a person who is a great songwriter. We know that Drake is very capable. And that's why I say I'm not the biggest fan. Because to say, hey, I can, it's like saying, hey, we know when Christopher Nolan puts out a film, he's capable mm -hmm. of produce, producing, uh, excuse me, directing an amazing film. But instead of doing that, he gives us 10 tenets in a row. Why the fuck would we keep watching Tenet 10 times in a row? We wouldn't. We would say Christopher Whoa. Nolan needs to stop making films. And this is some bullshit we're boycotting. But Drake doesn't get that treatment. When Jay dissed Nas and said, Nas, you've been putting out mediocre shit. Guess what Nas did after that? He said, oh, okay. That's what people, that, that's what's happening. I mean, putting out mediocre shit. Okay. What I would say is a different, rule, different time, different rules. And, and like, and I'm not I, saying I, that I like it. I'm just saying that I accept that that's just what it is. We might, we might want more from Drake. We might want that, but it's different time, different rules. And not for nothing. We also have to be like, when we when we talk about the when we when we have the goat conversation, what are we talking about here? Are we just talking about like rap skills and like in the you know the type of content that they're putting out? Because if we're gonna have the goat conversation or like you know in rap, I mean, there's always gonna be the argument for Drake, and because we're not we're not in the days anymore where like we're just talking about you having lyrical miracle all that. Like we're not talking about oh, no. that anymore. It's not just that. So. It, I think that there is even an argument to make that, yeah, look, Drake can shit on a track and then and and it'll just do numbers. Like he is one of the goats because of that reason. But that's, I'm not saying I like it. Say that again. That's just labels and money. I'm well, no. But see, see, when you say label, 
Okay, hold on. Here, here's the thing. Drake can shit on track and is still gonna is still gonna do numbers because he knows he knows what people like. He knows what's popping, and he also has a team around him and people around him to help facilitate that. Yachty being around here, him is it's facilitating all of that. He always gets everybody who knows what they're doing. Like like what every single album he has a new sound, and it's usually done by somebody who's popping. Uh, Take care was what the weekend. Um, nothing was the same was Magic Jordan with hold on. Um, I think what thing is hold on. We're going home. Um, he got a. Uh, the dude who who got beat up by Meek's camp to do um if you're reading this is too late like he gets all of these different people oh and also there's always a party next door feature which I want to say that party next door feature was really good my guy so like I, he always it's I did like that one it's me- members only has cringe bars but party next door is just like it's a chef's kiss but look I'm just saying that with with Drake he knows what people want. He knows what the kids want. He's not going to give it to every Like, everybody doesn't want the same thing. So not everybody's going to be happy, especially old niggas. It's just not going to happen, especially old niggas. Then they're not they're not going to want that. And it's OK. It's fine to let it go. Personally, me, I'm popping a jumbo shit popping. I like that track. I'm still like I can still do that. And at the same time, I also like you know the hard going tracks whenever he actually can go hard on a track i like what was, what was it 4 p.m in calabasas um again i like first person shooter i think he could have done better on it but i'm not expecting all of that rapidy rapidy rap 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 ass shit from drake because it's just not what it is and i think you can still have the conversation about him being a goat again two different conversations if we want to talk about who's the better rapper and who puts out better rap shit but i think like overall like he knows what he's doing with all of it and I also don't think it's fair when we do that, but, but like I feel like we we take everything into consideration when we talk about Hove, because with Hove we are absolutely talking about everything. We're talking about money. We're talking about business. We're talking about everything, but we pick and choose when it comes to other people. And I do think that Drake is one of them. Where I don't even want to be defending him, but I really do feel like people pick and choose about if you're the GOAT and we're going to include this, but not with Drake, we can only talk about this. No, no. Okay. As a failed rapper, you know, I think (laughs) as a failed rapper, failed. I'm a failed rapper. Um, As a failed (laughs) rapper and a failed podcaster. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that the GOAT conversation is all encompassing of music, not your business, not your money, that mm-hmm. shit has nothing to do with music. The goal okay. in any music category, pop, rock, R&B, rap, whatever category you want, it cannot just be lyrics. It cannot just be that you can dance. It, it's, like you said, it's all-encompassing. And right. so... Gotta make good songs. Yes. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's all-encompassing. So, But it's everything mm-hmm. that has to do with music. And to me, I... I <clears throat> I say this up here a lot. I think the best artists are balanced, period, no matter who they are. Again, Mm -hmm. rock, pop, R&B, whatever, right? Like, if you're Mm -hmm. an R&B artist, but all you sing is sad songs, you can't be the GOAT because you just do sad. You might be the GOAT at sad, you know? Like, like to me, Styles P is the best gangster rapper ever, to me. To me, nobody can hold a candle to Styles P. But when I say Styles P is the best... Are a hip hop artist ever? Hell no. 
he he does gangster rap. Right. Now, now right. And that's what I'm saying. Now, if we said Drake is the best hip-hop artist ever, that's the conversation he is having, his peers are having, the culture is having. Well, then we have to count all of the things that he does. No, not business. Mm -hmm. Business should not be a part of it, but songwriting, mm -hmm. flow, lyrics, uh, discography, you know, all of these things, that's how it is across the board. A lot of people say like NBA 2K or Madden, right? Those attributes mm -hmm. that come up on the screen, speed, uh, ball control, you know, whatever, it's going to change by sport. And so it should change by musical category as well. Like, we can't have the mm -hmm. same stuff for Mary J. Blige as Jay-Z, right? Mary J. Blige needs right. vocal range. Jay-Z doesn't need vocal range. Jay-Z needs flow. Mary J. Blige doesn't mm -hmm. need flow. So <clears throat> what I'm saying is that's kind of how I think it has to go, right? Okay. I don't give a fuck about your accolades. Outkast just hit 13 million records. Most hip-hop sold, uh, most hip-hop sales ever on one album. But a lot of people don't even have them in the conversation, which is a different conversation for a different time. But my point yeah. is that that uh, chart, if you will, that's what has to be compared for everyone. Right. And that's to me what separates the true greats from everyone else, because the true greats, they have everything or close to everything. And I'm not saying a hundred in everything. That's that's not what I'm saying. But. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, they've got 70s and 80s and 90s and 100s, where mm -hmm. everyone else, they don't really got all of those categories. Again, with a Styles P, Styles P's gangster rap ability is on 100. Drake's right. might be at two, but they're still in two very different categories and right. levels in the tier. And so that's what I think. And I agree, it should be fair. So I agree, people do like to choose, and I always say that's a problem. What is right. the requirement? We have to use that requirement for everyone. And it's the same thing with the top five. Oh, let's, let's have a top five argument. Okay, wait. What are the requirements we're going by? Right. Then we can have the conversation. And so I think Drake is saying, I'm the greatest hip-hop artist of all time. Well, there's a lot of hip-hop artists. And so if you're going to keep saying that, and if your peers are going to keep saying, hey, we're mm -hmm. number one right now, Okay, cool, but then we have to be able to compare bar for bar. And I don't mean lyrical bar, I mean those attributes. We have to be able to compare songwriting ability, flow, you know, all these different things, I, your entire discography. That's what we have to be able to compare bar for bar, in my opinion. I, I agree. Okay. Now go on, D. Agree. I was just going to say that Drake reminds me of a girl you used to? No. Well. <laughs> Drake reminds me of... You know when you watch... You like, know the barrettes. I thought maybe you know. Listen, them damn hair clips that he got going on. Yo, he's actually stealing Smino's... Uh, There's an artist named Smino. He's stealing his whole entire look. Like, Smino has been doing... Smino has been doing the, the hair, like, the basically, like, the pigtails... Like yeah. that with the with the log pro and everything, yeah. That's that was Smino's uh, whole look. Like if you Google Smino, you see. Attributes Drake Stevery bar is at a hundred. Oh, listen. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's not even like he. That, that's a he can he can teach a master class on how to like adopt or be 
like a real life like Pokemon Ditto and just yeah. transform to anybody. And listen, don't feel bad. Jay Z's is at like ninety five. Oh, yeah. Jay-Z yeah. No, all, all of them morphed into many people over yeah. the years. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say in my mind uh, when I as I'm trying to process this information, it makes me think about like when you have your favorite tv show like let's say there's a random tv show first season was great like just nothing was wrong with it it was exciting it was all of the Mm -hmm. things that you require you get to the season finale and you can't wait for the next the next season to come and then the next Mm -hmm. season comes and the next season is great too and you're really excited and you're super thrilled and you want to keep going and then season three or season four comes along and you're like this got weird Mm-hmm. I feel like that's Drake. I feel like we were we had like yeah. this run with him, and we got all excited, and we got riled up, and 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 then we got to a point where it was like things got weird. Like it's almost like when the writers don't know what to write anymore, or like you know Drake just kind of got to this point where he had to reconfigure, or had to like I don't know. Find so, somebody, somebody said that uh, Drake's writers were also on strike as well uh, at, at the making of this album. <laughs> no, I like, like that's why it's a little show. bit, you know. <laughs> no, that was good. I like your TV show comparison. My question to both of you is this: If you're watching a show, same example, mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. two three seasons are fire, but the next five are not. Do you still keep watching that show? No. Me? Personally, yes. Uh, <laughs> it depends. It, yeah. it, it, it depends. If, I'm re- if I've been with a show for a long time, I'm probably going to like just stick to it. Or even if I'm not like dedicated to it, I'm going to check in once in a while to see, okay, is there anything here that's going on? All right. But, and like, my follow-up question is, would you dare ever say this is the best show ever? I mean, no. But um, I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think you can use that. As, like I can, I can say at one point in time, yes. And if they kept up with the same, if it kept up with the same quality, but I also but think it, that hasn't. we've already established it hasn't kept the same quality. It hasn't, but I also think that there's still, like you said, there's different meters that you would use to judge it. And I think that in music, especially hip hop. I don't think that I think you can dip in quality and you can still have the argument for being the GOAT. I honestly do think so. I'm not even saying he is the GOAT. I just think that you can make an argument of, like, I, I definitely think that you can make an argument about Drake being the GOAT. I hear you. I disagree, but that's okay. Who is the greatest rapper of all time? What are oh, that, the requirements? That's the question. That's where we gotta start. That's the base. What are I the hate that conversation. I hate that conversation, I, honestly. I I didn't expect anybody to answer. Oh, that. I well, was just being... I always do that on purpose because a lot <laughs> because of... I know that nobody likes to answer that question. It's oh, I, it's, I like it's too hard. Part. It's just too much shit to like you like. It would have to basically be a podcast, like a podcast episode, just on that. Like I, we would have I, to like go in the lab and in itself. Like I yeah. think I think that's a whole podcast that it just examines like what makes them great and like how. Yeah. Let me not give people my ideas, but I think that's really smart. I just, I don't know. I I can't answer the question myself, but a lot of people like to use the things that their favorite artist is good at. 
And so, for example, someone will know, I'm going to use an example. Someone will say, well, Eminem is the greatest ever because he's got all the highest record sales. And so that's an argument, sure. But you know who's saying that? The guy who loves Eminem. That's who's saying yeah. that. When Jay-Z was the favorite, a lot of people were like, oh, but but you know the Annie record, everybody knows it. It sold five mil. Did your favorite artist sell five mil? It's because you're a Jay-Z fan who's saying that. Same thing, Tupac went diamond with All Eyes on Me. What do Tupac fans say? Hey, you know, we went diamond. Did your artist go diamond? And it, when the record sales thing is all we rely on, well, then everything else goes away, and I think that's stupid. And then that's yeah. another conversation. It's like saying the greatest person in basketball is just the person with the most rings. Well, then really the guy who's the best, you don't even probably know his name. He's not really in yeah. the because Robert Ori has eight rings and nobody mentions Robert Ori. Right. No, that's true. So I'd, I just think that we say what are the requirements? Because once we have a base, then we can yeah. have an actual intellectual conversation, whatever it is. If the three of us say, hey, we're going to go by record sales, charisma and album covers. That's weird as fuck, but OK. Now we can start the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. I agree. I, oh. I mean, I do think that. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, I I don't even. I, I would have to look at. I have to look at it to see what's my top five. I always feel like talking about your top five is always the best because it's just there's so many different, so many different criteria that anybody could put to it. It's hard to make an objective top five. Um, Agreed. But um. I don't even know if Drake, I mean, maybe Drake is in my top five. I don't even know. I don't I, I would have to really go over that. Kendrick is definitely in my top five, personally. But, like, Drake, I don't know. Maybe. Quick question before before we wrap. What's your favorite mm -hmm. Drake album? I don't think we know. Uh, It's, so, it's definitely, actually, I really don't know. It's between Take Care and If You're Reading This. Okay. Mm -hmm. But over the years, I think Views have gotten so much better to me. Like, I felt Views was very meh when it was coming out. Like, it was super hype. And then Views, again, just like what Dion said, the opener, Keep the Family Close, that shit is immaculate. Just like even the production on it, that shit is immaculate. Um, the sample, I think it was Fire and Desire on it. Great song. Mm -hmm. That's the one that sampled, um, I think sampled Brandy. He also sampled, um, Ray J as well, uh, with, uh, I forgot what it was. Like that views is, it's creeping in there. So I feel like over time views has been getting into like top three Drake album, but, um, I think take care because again, we're talking about. We're talking about like college days for me. And I think that that is just an inherent bias that I have. So for Take Care, that era, um, just like early 20s, it, yeah. Take, take Care is definitely um, like my top Drake album. Okay. I was just curious because we've had you on here a bunch of times, but we've never asked you that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, look, I'll say this about Drake. Um, Drake was like my... My interest in Drake has gone up and down over years. Like, it's definitely fluctuated. Um, I think, like, 
Summer 16 was probably the most hype and probably the, the, the number one time I was really, really into Drake. I thought, like, he was the GOAT. That's when I Say saw that again? I think that's the general consensus. Yeah. I mean, that was when he was, like, you know, that was real big shit popping. That was when, you know, he basically went against Meek. Um, talking Summer 16, Summer 16. I remember I had... I had tickets. I had VIP tickets to go to that concert with Future, um, but you know I, I, I couldn't go for some reasons that we won't get into today. But like it was a, um, that was a hell of a time. Um, and I think again, Drake does a lot of corny shit. You know, he does a lot of corny shit that I'm just roll my eyes at. I I do think that he was coming at Rihanna a couple times, especially because I think there's a. I think there's a bar somewhere where he was like, I am pretty flacco. This shit really gets rocky or so. I forgot what song he said that on. Um, I mean, there's it, also I think it was, like seven anti lines in a row. <laughs> right. And when I first heard anti, I was like, mm, he's like, yeah, I'm anti. I'm anti. I'm like, mm, okay, maybe he was talking about Rihanna. And because of that one, uh, I am pretty flacco. This shit gets really rocky. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure he was talking about Rihanna. Um, but I feel like stuff like that is corny. I feel like the comments that he was making about Meg, corny like I, I i think he does a lot of corny shit and i think he's okay with that because at the end of the day women are going to be the number one thing that protects drake women will always protect drake i mean like yeah. him what he did with, with uh sexy red putting her on tour putting her on the album uh kikiing with SZA, that type of shit will always protect drake it doesn't matter what bullshit he does because the women will keep him up. It doesn't matter if he makes a song for all the dogs, for dogging out women. It doesn't matter because yeah. women love Drake. Girls love Drake. And it's, it's I, I think that's the, the number one thing keeping him alive, honestly. And then again, like, you know, he'll he'll have his rapidly rap song sometimes and have his um, more like new school shit that, you know, that he's getting influenced by Yachty. Um but at the moment, for me, Drake is, he's cool. Like, I'm i am not, like, looking at him as the biggest and best person. He's cool. Mm-hmm. I get what I need, and I'm good. Got it. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Josh, anything else before we uh, say bye-bye? No, I just want to say that, you know, I was one of the people who liked views from the beginning. I know a lot of people didn't. That's true. But I, That's I, true. I remember that. I always loved views. I always thought it was great. And yes, keep the family close. I don't even know when what that, that is. When that beat drops, I'll play it after. When it's I- it's a really I mean you gotta play that even with headphones because it's it's the production on Keep the Family Close is really, really good. It's 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 a it's weird because I think um when he when he dropped if you're reading this is too late. You know, everybody's like, oh, shit, like, this is what Drake's doing. Like, he's really rapping. He's, you know, coming with these flows. And Views is definitely different from that. And I think also him coming off the Meek beef, people were expecting something particular. And it was definitely different. But I still think that Views aged good. There's still some song that's a little bit, eh, like, pop style, eh. Um, I mean. And, you know, a couple of other songs, but that wasn't that good. But, um. I think as a whole, that album definitely aged gracefully. Yeah. But Rihanna definitely gave him the worst version because that that was around the time when Work came out, and he got um. I'm too good for you. That's all. Too good. Yeah. And I don't think that was that good. I mean, it you know it does what it needs to do, but. Yeah, I mean it, it did what it needed to do. 
I did. Yeah. I played on the radio and all of that, so. Absolutely. Well, I think that's that's all I have about Drake. I'm about draked out at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same. I could, uh, and and also we didn't even mention that um, he did say he's going to take a break from music for a while. Right. He uh, he's going to take. He's got to deal with that stomach, you know. Yeah. Whatever was. Go- oh yeah. I mean, got some kind of know, stomach I, issue. I doctor Miami. Maybe maybe it's from. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was about to say maybe it's from his tummy tuck. I don't know. It could right. be that. Because See, he knows. That. I didn't. Re- I oh, yeah. didn't really know much. Yeah, about the I told her. She didn't know, but yeah. I told her one day Drake just showed up with a six pack, and everybody was like, "Hey, where does where does six pack come from?" I mean that that plus you usually know if something's if somebody had some surgery when you look at their belly button and some of those pictures of his belly button that shit was looking kind of weird like it was off to the side or something like leaning but you know you see. Yeah. I, you see, the yeah. Drake fans know. Listen, I, I was telling her that when that announcement was made, I'm like, immediately, because she told me before I even heard about it. And Dee was like, mm. oh, yeah, and Drake's taking a break. I was like, oh, that's good. She's like, yeah, because his stomach is sick or something. I was like, oh, probably from the fake abs. Possibly. And she, <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? What fake abs? Yeah. I'm like, you don't know. He, he might have got it etched in a little bit. I don't know. And I've actually seen... Um, Ain't nobody who I'm gonna like mention on here because there are nobody. But like I've seen this person on the internet who actually did that shit for real. Like I think he went super hard with it, and you could do that. You could actually surgically do it in a way where like they take the fat out, but then they etch your skin so it looked like you have abs. That's the thing. That's troubling. And then you gotta take a year off of music. You know what I mean? That's so. Yeah, I hope he takes. I hope he takes a a good long time off because. You know, pe- people do say, like, he's pretty good for even having this much, um, like, for putting out this much music rapidly. And I do think that the, that's also should be in the, um, considered in the conversation of him being a goat, of being as consistent as he's been. Not saying it's been perfect, but being that consistent over time. No, his output um, is, is definitely strong. There's no there's no yeah. doubt about that. Right. So right. He's, he, he's, he's been extremely consistent for 15 years. That I have no right. problem. Listen. I'm a harsh critic, but I'm also I also keep it real. Like, right? If you no, suck, I, I hear you. You suck, but if you did some fly shit, hey, you did some fly shit. I can't, you know. As a failed rapper, all I got is, you know. I I do appreciate you know you guys having me on. It's been real talking about Drizzy. Anytime, we but, appreciate um, you being our Drake and Sexy Red correspondent. And I really I'm for the Sexy Red I, supremacy. I'm for the Sexy Red movement. Even though, know. like, you know, That's she she needs to make. I do think she needs to make a little bit better decisions now that she's uh, you know, she's turning into a really big star. But yeah, uh, I don't I don't know she, what the Instagram you're talking about. Uh, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, but yeah, no, I really do appreciate it. And um, again, you know, we should do this again some other time. We'll see, we'll see you next Drake album. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it would be nice to talk to y'all again, but hopefully the next Drake album is not that uh, not that close. Uh, I, I need some time. Like, let me let me miss some. You gear, and him both. You know? Yeah, yeah. But Josh, always right. a pleasure. Thank you again. Oh, tell For them real. where to follow you, man. 
Oh, uh, damn, I don't really do the social media promotion right, stuff it. like that. Never mind. Right, no, so just follow me on Instagram. Follow me on More of Josh. You can find me there. And then also you can possibly maybe find me on Twitter where, you know, Twitter is a whole nother thing. X. X you know, More of oh, Josh. Dash, dash says hold on. Oh, okay. I don't know. Holding. Right, holding. But yeah, you can, you, can, you can find me there. Uh, that's pretty much where I just, you know... I, I mostly just post stories. I don't really be posting the, the real post. Or yeah. sometimes you might find me doing uh, cute joint posts with my girlfriend who does social media and possibly our future dog. muchachos. So. Yo, that would be the funniest ending. Should we do that? All right, that's it. It's a wrap. Thank you for being here. See y'all next time.